What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the next episode of the Raise the Apple podcast. We got a Mets 2020 season review. We got a Mets 2021 season preview. And then we got a little bit of MLB wrap-up. We got some end-of-season award predictions coming out since those awards start tonight. Let's dive right into it. Welcome back. It is the Raise the Apple podcast. We are back with a brand new episode this week. This week we have, like I said in the beginning, we have a 2020 Mets season review, a 2021 Mets season preview, and we also got some end of season award predictions. Let's We're going to get right into it, starting with a Mets 2020 season review. Uh, Mets fans, I think we can all agree that 2020 was very, very disappointing. Uh, this team had a lot of promise coming into the year, uh, you know, with uh, Luis Rojas coming in, in his first year and how well-loved he is in the organization. You had uh, the rotation was set up to be DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mats, and then uh, Stroman, excuse me, and then also Porcello or Waka for that fifth spot. The bullpen was expecting a bounce-back year with Dylan Batantis in there. The offense looked great. Everything looked perfect. This team looked like it was the team to beat, honestly, in the National League. And then that completely crapped out. You had Syndergaard go down for the year with Tommy John. You had Stroman opt out. You had Cespedes opt out after all that drama with the contract stuff. And then taken off without telling anyone. The bullpen was great. The bullpen was so much better this year compared to last year. I mean, they weren't perfect by any means, but they were definitely better than last year. Offense, it was it was hit or miss. I'd say hit or miss. Offense was it was great in over in terms of hitting, hitting and getting on base. The Mets' offense was great in 2020, but with runners in scoring position, they just could not get those big hits. They just could not get those big hits, and it was very disappointing to see, especially with how much talent is in that lineup, you know, with Alonzo, Conforto, McNeil, J.D. Davis, Rosario, all those guys, and it was just very, very disappointing. I mean, Ramos was disappointing. I have my own theories on Ramos, but I'm not going to really get into those because they're, again, I don't want to spread stuff that, one, definitely is not true, and two, I mean, it's just like my own personal conspiracy theory about him, but it was... It was very disappointing this year for the Mets. I was definitely disappointed to see a team that had that had so much momentum after 2019 with Dom Smith ending the year with a walk-off homer and how they finished the last two months of the season. Coming into this year, I thought they were honestly the team to beat. And having them not perform that way was very disappointing. But you know what? They can't win it every year. And with the way the season was this year, I'm not too bummed out about it, but I definitely am looking for uh, changes coming into 2021. We got front office changes. Uh, we ha- have most likely some additions or subtractions potentially. There's a lot going on in Metzland right now. Steve Cohen's purchase as we segue into the 2020, 
2021, you know, kind of outlook for the team. Steve Cohen officially owns the Mets. And within two hours of owning the Mets, Brody Van Wagenen and his entire front office staff are gone. Brody Van Wagenen is no longer the general manager of the New York Mets. Uh, Omar Minaya is gone. The rest of uh, Brody's front office team is now gone. That shocked me. Now, I know there's a lot of rumors that uh, Brody was gone. His job was in jeopardy. Cohen was going to find someone new. I was not expecting... Well, I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. I didn't want it to happen. I was personally a fan of Brody's. Uh, I'll talk very positive about Brody. I've met him before, very briefly, when the Mets did that uh, team workout in Syracuse. I want to say, not, was it last year? Last year, two years ago, or whenever it was. I went there, I met Brody, brief, talked to him for like two minutes, if that, barely. Uh, I took a picture with him and just briefly talked to him while he was signing autographs for other people. But I was definitely a fan of his. I liked the moves he, he made in the beginning. You know, I like the moves he made with bringing in J.D. Davis and Stroman and all that. What I didn't necessarily like is what he gave up. Now, for Stroman, I was okay with giving up Anthony Kay. Now, a lot of people were saying that, oh, Kay was too much. But to get, you got to give. You know, to get a, a great, a solid pitcher like Stroman, you're going to have to give up. In a team that's rebuilding like the Blue Jays, you're going to have to give up some farm talent. You know, that's just how, that's just the way the game works. And I don't see any way that the Mets could have gotten Stroman without giving up a top prospect to the Blue Jays. You know, I just don't see that. I honestly don't see that happening. But, you know, I didn't like the trade for Billy Hamilton uh, for Jordan Humphreys. He pretty much just gave the, the Mets or the Giants, excuse me, Jordan Humphreys, because Billy Hamilton would later be DFA'd and leave the organization. So that was, some moves were definitely questionable and wondering what the thought process was behind them, but some of them I did agree with, and also he's, you know, he's in that position making the decisions, and I'm not. So I really can't judge him too much on that. But Brody's gone. Sandy Alderson's returning as team president. Uh, there's... Definitely, definitely, will be looking for a new GM, most likely uh, out of, out of the organization. Maybe I honestly don't know. Uh, I've seen very little on their GM and or their GM situation and what they plan on doing. I definitely feel like they're going to go with an outside, uh, outside guy. They're not going to go with someone in house. Try and get fresh with the fresh ownership, fresh and new ownership of Cohen. They're definitely going to try and go. I want to feel outside the box and get someone out there. But again, that's all to be determined. We don't really know what's going to go on with that. But I'm looking forward to this upcoming year. I think a clean slate is what they all need. You know, they declined the option on uh, Ramos. They extended a qualifying offer to Strowman, which everyone believes he will reject and test free agency. But I definitely think... I'm de definitely curious about the Ramos. I definitely think the Mets should try and work out something to somehow rework the deal if they have to and keep Ramos. I like what he brings. He's one of the best pure hitters in baseball in terms of 
a perfect balance of average and power. Didn't doesn't normally strike out a lot. 2020 was if you take 2020 and how he performed out of it throughout his career, he's been a very consistent hitter throughout his career. And I definitely like the idea of Ramos being the primary catcher. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm sold quite yet on Nito. Uh, I like uh, I like the the tag team of Ramos and Nito, but I like Ram- I would prefer Ramos over Nito right now. I mean, maybe if Nito gets more playing time in 2020, he becomes the everyday guy and he becomes, you know, something from that. You know, he very very well could. He very well might but I again, that's all. That's like it's a big gamble. It's like with prospects. Prospects are always a big gamble. They're either going to be busts or they're going to be superstars. There's not usually, you know, in the middle. There sometimes is, but not usually. It's in the middle. It's bust or nothing. It's all or nothing typically. But with Stroman, I 100% want to see the Mets keep Marcus Stroman. I'm a personal fan favorite of Marcus Stroman. He's one of my favorite players, uh, but I definitely, I was stoked when the Mets traded for him. I definitely think that he needs to be kept in the orange and blue. Will that happen? I don't know. You know, if the Mets don't re-sign Stroman but go out and sign Trevor Bauer, you know, I would totally be okay with that. But I would, if the Mets, if I'm the Mets, my I would try and re-sign Stroman and then go out and uh, try and get some more in free agency or maybe some trades. You know, Francisco Lindor is, which is surprising me, has officially been is expected 100% to be traded by opening day. The Mets are apparently a hot spot, landing spot for Lindor. The only thing, the, my only question mark with Lindor is where does he play? You know, if the only way I see him playing shortstop is if Ahmed Rosario or and or Andres Jimenez is going over to Cleveland for Lindor. Now, I personally think if the Mets are going to trade for Lindor, I kind of am open to the idea of maybe if Cleveland would do it, I don't know if they would, I would try and personally throw in maybe not Jimenez or Rosario. Uh, um, I would throw in Cano maybe in some minor leaguers or t- higher end prospects. I don't really know what Cleveland's looking for. They're kind of they're competitive. They're still competitive, but they're willing to. Tr- they're, if they're actually are in fact planning on trading Lindor by opening day, I don't really know if they're resetting or I don't really know what they're doing. But I wonder if they can include Cano in there and maybe have Lindor or Rosario play second base and then have the other play short. Or they're going to trade Rosario and have Lindor play, Lindor play short and then have Jimenez play second. But it's I'm really confused as to if the Indians were to trade him, what they would get from the Mets and what the Mets would be give up and put him. You know, I wonder if they could put him at third base maybe. I don't I don't really know. I definitely I'm not opposed to Lindor by any means coming to the Mets, but I'm just interested and confused a little bit as to how that would how that would work out. I'm wondering where the Mets would put him, what the Mets would give up, what Cleveland would want, all those typical trade questions I'm just a little fuzzy on. 
But going into the year, when all the dust settles, I think this Mets team is, depending on their free agency moves, will change my opinion if they are a division contender. But at the very least right now, if they stay put, if they don't make any moves, I definitely see them as a wild card contender at the minimum. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to be sellouts uh, at the bottom of the league. They're going to be contending in the wild card all year round if they stay put. If they make moves, if they bring in a Trevor Bauer, if they bring in a JT Realmuto, if they bring in, you know, maybe bring back Justin Turner, I don't know. Or if they do pull off a trade for Francisco Lindor, it's, I wonder uh, how, if the Mets will be seen differently across other experts, and I wonder if they will be considered as serious contenders in the East because the NL East is seriously tight. Four of the five teams are definitely five. All five teams are contending. Now I say the Marlins with a huge, huge asterisk. Granted, they had expanded playoffs. Granted, they had a shortened season, but they have they are flying high on momentum after was supposed to be the worst team in baseball, one of if not the worst team in baseball, and now they're they were in the playoffs this year and they won the first round. So it's I definitely see that the Mets bare minimum being a wild card contender. Uh, I definitely see them being a division champion, depend division contender, depending on who the new GM regime brings in. And what they're willing to do. When we get closer to spring training, I'll get more specific predictions uh, based on uh, what moves the Mets make, what moves other teams in the East have made. But right now, everything's fairly quiet in terms of free agency. Uh, Robbie Ray did sign with the Blue Jays, but that's really been it so far. Mostly, it's you know qualifying offers and club options being exercised and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully, once the dust settles a little bit, once the awards are over, uh, then hopefully the free agency will start to pick up a little bit as value of guys may change. You know, some guys like Trevor Bauer, who are Cy Young finalists, you know, his value may go up if he does in fact win the Cy Young, which pretty much brings us into the next topic I want to do, which is award predictions. But before I get into that, that's pretty much my wrap up for uh, the Mets, in terms of their outlook, that was very disappointing, underperforming in 2020, but it's as to be expected given the circumstance. But in 2021, new ownership, new front office regime, I'm fully anticipating a 100% turnaround. Again, I can get more specific. As we get closer to spring training, I'll get more specific. It depends on the moves that they've made. But we're right now, we're going to move transition into... Predictions for Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP. Now, Gold Gloves and Silver Sluggers were announced. Uh, I don't know if that was such a smart move on MLB's part to announce those when they did, considering I did not know that... Well, first of all, they announced Gold Glove winners the same night as the election. And I can say with almost 100% certainty that everyone's eyes were not glued on MLB Network watching the Gold Glove Award winners being announced on election night. They were definitely glued. They were definitely watching news channels, figuring out what's going on with that. So I thought that was a little poor on their part, but you know that's like a little thing. And the Silver Sluggers 
Also, I didn't know when or that they were being announced. That may just be me not paying attention, but it was definitely kind of kind of weird and kind of weird that that flew under the radar like that. But the first thing tonight, the rookie of the year will be announced in the American League. The rookie of the year finalists are Luis Robert from the White Sox, Kyle Lewis from the Mariners, and Christian Javier from the Astros. My pick is Kyle Lewis. From the from day one, Kyle Lewis absolutely took the league by storm. He was mashing all over the place, making stellar defensive plays. I'd say it's between him and Robert Luis Robert. The only thing with Luis Robert is that Robert kind of fell, kind of quiet down a little bit towards the end of the year, towards the last maybe two or three weeks, kind of quiet down a little bit. My pick in the AL, though, is going to be Kyle Lewis. In the NL, the finalists are Alec Bohm from the Phillies, Jake Cronenworth from the Padres, and Devin Williams from the Brewers. Alec Bohm, I watched his first major league hit. I knew right away that he's going to be the Phillies guy for the future at third base and first base. Uh, Jake Cronenworth flew very much under the radar with the Padres, given the years that Tatis and Machado were having and uh, all, and bringing in Mike Clevenger and all that stuff. Jake Cronenworth definitely flew under the radar in San Diego. And Devin Williams was absolutely lights out. Absolutely lights out for the Brewers. My personal pick is Devin Williams, but I think that uh, Cronenworth will win. Uh, Devin Williams gave up, I believe, like one run the whole year. Jake Cronenworth absolutely raked. I think Jay Cronenworth will win, but my personal pick is Devin Lewis or Devin Williams, excuse me. Uh, manager of the year, pretty straightforward in the AL. I think it's a one-horse race. You got Kevin Cash of the Rays, you got Rick Renteria of the White Sox, and Charlie Montoyo from the Blue Jays. Great candidates. I think it's weird that Rick Renteria is a finalist, considering he was fired from his team. You know, he was fired from his team for his lack of leadership, but is being recognized as a finalist for the award that credits you for leadership, which I thought was kind of funny. But my pick in that, and it's probably going to be the winner, is Kevin Cash. I mean, you can't really go against you can't really go against him. Uh, I could see an argument for both of the other two guys, but I just think it's Kevin Cash's award to lose. I don't see how any other way uh, someone else could win it. In the NL, you got Don Manningly with the Marlins, David Ross with the Cubs, and Chase Tingler with the Padres. My pick is the guy who's going to win it, and that's Don Manningly. You know, Chase Tingler is probably a very close second, but when you look at Don Manningly and what they had to do, what the Marlins went through this year, with 18 of their opening day roster, 18 of their got those guys testing positive for COVID, you had made like what was it, 96 roster transactions over the span of like two or three days to try and fill those spots and to keep the culture a winning attitude in there and not giving up and making the playoffs was I I don't see excuse me how you can vote any other way against that you know Don Mattingly was at the way he handled all that COVID stuff with the Marlins at the beginning of the year and the way the Marlins finished out the year you can't really go against you can't you can't really go against them. You know, I could see the argument for Tingler, but I just don't see how you can vote against Mattingly. The Cy Young, 
uh, Trevor Bauer with the Reds, Darvish with you, Darvish with the Cubs, Jacob Degrom of the Mets. In the NL, NL will be quick, so I'll just make this quick. It's Shane Bieber with the Indians, Kenta Maeda with the Twins, Hinjun Ryu with the Blue Jays. That winner will be Shane Bieber. I think will be unanimous. Any, any, there is no argument about that. You know, Shane Bieber will win that. He will most likely be unanimous. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's there's just there's no question. I think he speaks for himself. His numbers speak for itself. The best pitcher in baseball probably this year, arguably, with Trevor Bauer. So the NL though is definitely a lot tighter. I think Trevor Bauer will win, although I would love for DeGrom to get a three-peat. But if I put my Mets bias aside and put my baseball unbiased baseball fan hat on, I think that's Trevor Bauer's. I think the Cy Young is Trevor Bauer's, and it uh, he, he was absolutely terrific the whole year. I, I just don't know how you can really go against Bauer either. He won't be unanimous like Bieber will. Uh, Darvish and DeGrom will definitely make some noise, but I definitely think that's Bauer's. I don't see how you could see it other way, any other way, You know, as Bauer said it himself. I don't, I don't see how you can vote against Trevor Bauer in that. But Or at least as an unbiased baseball fan. But DeGrom and Darvish, definitely worthy of it and definitely will be getting a lot more credit than in the guys will in the AL. The last award is MVP and both of these I feel are very straightforward. Uh, NL MVP the finals are Mookie Betts with the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman with the Braves, Manny Machado of the Padres. I feel, uh, I feel like it would have been Tatis but Tatis cooled off a lot the last two weeks of the year just like Luis Robert did which I think probably cost him a spot chance at being a finalist. But I'm my vote's Freddie Freeman. Uh, Mookie Betts, especially in the playoffs, was outstanding as always. Machado was great this year, but Freddie Freeman, you know, was had fevers up to 104 at the beginning of the year when he had COVID, comes back and absolutely rakes the whole year. In my mind, I think that's his award and his award to lose. I don't I don't like that. Mookie can very well win it, and I would not be upset if Mookie won it. But the Mookie made it farther in the playoffs. He's got a ring this year, so that may help him make it closer with Freeman. But I definitely think individual performance-wise, I think Freddie Freeman outperformed Mookie this year, offensively at least. Uh, and then in the AL, it's Jose Abreu with the White Sox, DJ LeMahieu with the Yankees, and Jose Ramirez with the Indians. I got to go Jose Abreu. Uh, DJ LeMahieu and Jose Ramirez had terrific years, especially Jose Ramirez, who very quietly was one of the best players in the American League. And it's very weird looking at this and not seeing Mike Trout as a finalist for MVP. It's very weird looking at that. But I definitely think that is, uh, that is definitely Jose Abreu will be the American League MVP. But again, a lot can, a lot can change. You know, it's you know guys take playoffs into account. They do this and that. You know, a lot of stuff goes into play when they make these decisions. But hopefully, the league gets it right, and I don't have any doubt about that. Now that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for this episode. 
of the Raise the Apple podcast. You know, got the Mets recap, Mets quick little Mets preview for 2021 in our league award predictions. Rookie of the Year starts tonight, the announcement for it. So hopefully Kyle Lewis and uh, Jake Cronenworth or Devin Williams uh, come away with those awards tonight. But congratulations to whoever does win these awards. Next episode uh, will most likely probably be a lot of MLB recap, mostly because unless something huge happens in Metland, It'll mostly be uh, MLB recap, what's going on around the league, uh, maybe a year in review type deal. But uh, make sure, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Spread the word about uh, Raise the Apple podcast. We're on the rise. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We hope to see you next week, and uh, let's go Mets. Stop till we're legends